1: Come on, son, son, son. <laughs> side, side, side. <laughs> the yells on. Come on. Come on. What's up everybody out there in Internet Land? It's your boy Ed Lover and it's time for another Come On Son the podcast hope everybody is doing well you know this is overseen by combat jack the man who gave me my start in podcasting and i will forever be indebted to combat jack and a king and everybody else over there loud speaker network to my girl krista to kimana to everybody who believed in me with this podcasting thing and i want to say congratulations out to um A young lady friend of mine that's really starting to bubble on the hip-hop scene. She goes by the name of Wifey Baby. She was just recently in L.A. working with some big-time producers. She asked me not to tell y'all who it is, but Wifey Baby is definitely on the horizon. I think she's the next breakthrough artist in 2020, and she's been doing it for a long time. And that's one thing that um, I admire about her, is that she believes in herself and she believes in her music, and she's willing to put in the work to see the reward. So y'all make sure y'all look out for her name. Uh, It's Wifey Baby. You're definitely going to be seeing it in lights. And I love the way hip-hop is moving towards room for more than one female rapper. If you remember back in the days, it was just like Foxy Brown, Little Kim. But before that, that was like in the 90s. Before that, there was always room for more than one female rapper, right? We had like Moni Love, we had Latifah, we had Little, you know, I said Little Kim, we had uh, uh, Homegirl with the Fugees, Lauren Hill, like you had Nikki D, you had The Sequence, you had Pebbly Pooh, you had Sparky D, you had Sweet Tea, you had salt and Pepper, you had Antoinette, there was always room for more than one. And then we got to a point where a female had to be the first lady of somebody else's click, and I don't think that's right I don't think that a female needed to be and I think that really kind of came about when Kim and Foxy came out because Kim was part of what Biggie was doing with Junior Mafia so she was closely associated with Biggie all the time you had um Foxy who was associated with Nas and the firm and Jay-Z before that so it was like they were being co-signed by these people and um you know, that's the way it was for a long time. Even with Queen Latifah, I mean, she's associated with Flavor Unit, which was her and Sha Kim and the association with Naughty by Nature. It was almost like, okay, she's the first lady of the Flavor Unit. She's with the native tongue. So that gives her like this automatic stamp of approval. Moni loved the same thing. She was associated with the Jungle Brothers and 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 the and the whole native tongue movement. Lauren Hill, association with Wyclef and Pride. She's a, a part of the Fugees. Now we're seeing women like Megan Estonia come out and make noise and they're not associated with any crew. Even Nicki Minaj had to get the stamp from Cash Money, right? She's associated with that. First, the association with Gucci, if y'all remember way back. Um, and then Young Money with Lil Wayne. You got Megan Stallion and people like that coming out that's not associated with any male crew whatsoever. And making noise, Rhapsody's another one. 3D is another one. Uh, Snow, uh, I can't remember her name is, but I know it's Snow something. But she's dope too. There's so many dope female artists, and I'm sorry if I didn't mention all of y'all, if y'all, uh, but I I know who you are. And they're coming out on their own accord, and they're not having to be associated with any male crew. Email male group, like, I remember a couple of years ago, maybe five or six years ago, everybody was getting on Rick Ross because he had uh, Maybach music and he didn't have any female artists signed to Maybach music. I love the fact that female artists are not waiting for these males to stamp them. You don't need them. If you're making banging ass music, you don't need anybody else to stamp you. City girls are the same way. They, I don't know if they associate with anybody, but I haven't seen them crewed up with any males. They're just making noise on their own. And I really, really love it. I really, really appreciate it because hip hop is supposed to be for everybody. It's supposed to be for men, it's supposed to be for women. You can't have hip hop being a male dominated form of music without having a female perspective on things. It's just it just doesn't make any sense. You remember when Jay-Z tried to put a mill out. She's supposed to be the first lady of Rockefeller. That didn't work out. It was always let's do this, do that, do this, and then let's add a female to it. Females, you could do it by yourself. So big shout out to Wifey Baby for doing her thing out there without that association. Well, I mean I have I have consulted her. I don't manage her, but I consult her, but I don't have like no dominant hip hop crew that I'm a part of. So she's really basically doing it on her own and with her female manager. And they and they're doing their thing out there. So I'm very proud of her. I want y'all to look out for her when you get a chance. Check her out. She goes by the name of Wifey Baby. You can follow her on social media. Some of her music is on social media, Instagram, all of that. Wifey Baby, she's she she's like really making her mark slowly but surely it's coming around, man. Now On today's podcast, you're going to hear my interview with Mr. John Witherspoon. John Witherspoon passed last week, and it affected the crap out of me because John and I have known each other for quite some time, and he's always been one of those guys that I have admired. And whenever he was promoting something, whenever he was in town, whether it was Atlanta, whether it was New York, whether it was Chicago, whether no matter where it was, If he knew I was on the radio there, he always came in and sat down and uh, talked, talked about the project, talked about everything in his career, where he come from. He's from Detroit, so Detroit stand up for John Witherspoon. Um, He's always, always showed love to me. I never worked on a sitcom or a movie with John Witherspoon, but I have graced the stage on many a comedy night with John Witherspoon headlining and me being one of the opening comedians on there, it's, it's, it's always been that way, man. And I really, really love John Witherspoon from what he was early in his career with Richard Pryor and the likes of that and all the way up to what John Witherspoon had become. So you're going to hear my one of my interviews with John Witherspoon, and we're going to play a little bit of something else that John Witherspoon had, thanks to uh, DJ Vlad. We took a little bit of... Uh, his interview with John Witherspoon, and we'll play that for you guys, also, so you can get a uh, a really good good feel of who John Witherspoon was, where he came from, why he's so beloved, why everybody loves him, from all the movies that that he's done, man, to from Boomerang and and Friday, the Boondocks, the Wayans Brothers, everything John Witherspoon has touched. It's always been magical. There's so many quotables, right? Quotables meaning when you have a line from a movie that you could quote over and over and over and your friends, y'all all say it to each other, that's what I consider a quotable, right? Don't nobody go in the bathroom for the next 35, 45 minutes. Matter of fact, here in Chicago, I did a comedy show at City Winery. It's called Jokes and Jams. I had a band and I had some comedians and I wanted to pay tribute to John Witherspoon. And at first I thought, you know what, Ed, come out and make everybody be quiet and let's give a moment of silence for the memory of John Witherspoon. But then I was thinking, I know John, and I know John's personality. John, he wouldn't want me to give a moment of silence. He want me to do something to people to enjoy themselves and make them laugh and have that laughter as part of their memory of John Witherspoon. So I'm going to play a little clip for y'all right now of what I did at City Winery in order to uh, pay tribute to John Witherspoon. Check it out. From Grandpa the Boondocks, from the Wayans Brothers, from Friday, next Friday, we all got quotables from movies because of John Witherspoon. Don't nobody go in the bathroom for the next 35 minutes. We all say that. Every time I'm in the kitchen, eating up all the damn food. See? That's all because of John Witherspoon. Poor me. All right, y'all, so um, that was my tribute to John Witherspoon, making everybody go bang, 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 bang. I thought that was so super dope. If people seem to enjoy it more than a moment of silence, even a moment of silence, then I got to introduce a comedian. And that brings the crowd down, so I didn't do that. And that's just something that I wanted to do from my heart for, um, for Mr. John Witherspoon, man. We lost, we lost a great one when we lost John Witherspoon. Part of the problem of that, too, is that they were about to redo the boondocks. They were bringing the boondocks back. And I don't know if you all know, but Oscar winner Regina King is the voice of both of the little boy characters on the boondocks. John Witherspoon is the voice of Grandpa. And y'all saw all the memes that were going around on social media with the boys uh, crying and and then pops ghosts like it looked like a ghost of an angel, a grandpa in the back. Man, they had been talking for so many years about another Friday. Now you waited so long, John Witherspoon can't be in that. That's why you got to get these things done while people are still alive to do them, man. Because you just never know when somebody... Is, is not going to be there you, you just don't know that and speaking of not being there let me tell y'all where I was not there for I hate to switch the subject to John, from John Witherspoon but y'all gonna hear that interview coming up later on in the show matter of fact in a few minutes so just stick with me I have not been there for power in the long I, I think damn when's the last well I've been watching the last couple of episodes but I miss seasons of power y'all and people have been talking about power like a motherfucker, especially this year. This is the final season. I'm the man, I feel like the king of the dicks. You know, this is the second time I did this, y'all. The first time is I didn't listen to anybody tell me to watch Game of Thrones. I was like, what's all the hype about Game of Thrones? Why does everybody watch Game of Thrones? We give a fuck about Game of Thrones. Uh, 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 Game of Thrones. So I had to binge watch. Seven seasons of Game of Thrones. And once I finished, I had I was telling everybody about Game of Thrones. So I missed a few seasons. I might probably miss about three seasons of Power. So I had to go back and watch all the Power I missed just to catch up to what's going on this season in Power. Okay? Is Ghost dead? Is he not dead? We all see him get shot, but did anybody see Ghost die? And you got to wait all the way to January – for Power to come back. Ain't that a bitch? Ain't that a bitch, y'all? You got to wait all the way to January for Power to come back. My question is not when Power coming back, because we know I think it's either the 5th or the 7th of January. My question is, when is the Wu-Tang on Hulu coming back? When is that coming back? That's something that's captured everybody's attention as well. Well, at least I've been watching that since day one. So I'm up on it. So I'm really, really stressing about the next season of Wu-Tang. My producer, Krista, is Wu Tang crazy right now. She done bought books. She's studying the five percent. <laughs> she I gave the work. She'll talk about what's today's mathematics. Like she really into the Wu Tang. So we are waiting with bated breath for the Wu Tang to come back. We waiting to see what's gonna happen next season on power. Um raising what is the boy's name? Raising Dion? Is it Dion? Yeah, Raising Dion. De- I got some friends in the studio. Raisin Dion's another one y'all need to be watching on Netflix right now. It's a lot of good content out there, man. Make sure y'all check it out. But anyway, coming up, speaking of great content, this is great content. Coming up, my interview with the one and only Mr. John Witherspoon. Rest in peace. Come on, son, son.
2: Hey, this is John Witherspoon. <clears throat> I'm catching the cold. Uh, coming up tomorrow on the Ed Lover Show. Ed Lover Show. Check me out. I'll be on the Ed Lover Show tomorrow.
1: All right? Yeah, boy. Come on, side side. It's the Ed Lover Show with Moni Love, Fred Flying Funny in the morning. Joining us is one of my friends. I haven't seen this guy in quite a while, but uh, we always run across each other no matter what city I'm in, right? <laughs> That's right. Mr. John Witherspoon is in the bull and me. Boy, Ho cakes. Ho okay. cake, ho gotta eat too. That's right, Ho's gotta eat too. One of the <laughs> more famous lines of Mr. John Witherspoon, <laughs> the with Lord coordinate. Bang, 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 bang,
2: bang, bang, And a Nobody host of
1: for 35 45 <laughs> that's right all of that is John with a spoon how are you sir I'm doing fine what man. are you doing in town I'm working at the um, Atlanta Comedy, Comedy Theater. Theater yeah yes you always working man in Norcross well yeah, you always work oh yeah I gotta keep working yeah well, Why know, I was broke so
2: when I was a kid I'm trying to catch up oh, are you mm-hmm. were you really I was broke where oh, you yeah. from 11 Arizona. kids we had 11 kids in my family no and way. I'm from Detroit 11 kids yeah and my father was a preacher and he was um, a construction worker, so he would preach Tuesday afternoon,
1: so he didn't get no money. Wow. <laughs> so that's where you get bang, bang, bang from. because That's what their parents bang. were doing all the time. Too much. How did you get into comedy?
2: I was in a, a theater group in Detroit. Okay. Um, and they were doing Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did a comedy show once a year, so the, the, the coach said, Look, I want you to do, be in this comedy show this year. I said, I don't know anything about comedy. He said, Well, think of something. Try something. Uh, and I used to impression, so I, I I did a Johnson President Johnson impression. I bought myself a ten dollar uh, cowboy hat. Okay. And one of the students in the class asked me questions, and I would give stupid answers back. Okay. And with with a with a Texas out with a Texas draw. Okay. My fellow American. <laughs> <laughs> and then I did after I did that uh, I did impression of Johnny Mathis.
1: Really? Let, let me, me hear, you, let me hear Johnny Mathis. I don't know if I can do it this morning Look at me. <laughs> on my own. And that was the beginning? Yeah, it was the beginning. From there, when you- I was
2: standing in no ovation, I said, man, I'm probably going to make me some money doing this. Right.
1: What is the, what is the, do you remember the, the first money you got from comedy? How much it was? Oh, I, I, you know, I used to
2: do, I used to get, didn't get money at all doing old folks' homes on Sunday afternoon. Wow. And I would be doing my Johnny Master impression and Satchmo. Uh-huh. The old people be looking at me shaking their head No, no. <laughs> <laughs> But I didn't get paid I didn't get paid until I got to LA
1: When did you go to LA?
2: I uh, went to New York first Okay. You know I was a fashion model No way!
1: Yeah man, look at my old stuff Pretty hard. <laughs> Pretty hard So you New left, young. you stopped doing comedy for a while I went to New no, York I didn't, to...
2: I didn't stop doing comedy I went, okay. to the, I went to the Improv on 44th Street in in the, in, uh, in, uh, in New York Mm-hmm. And Bud Freeman put me on at 3:45 uh, in the morning. Wow! Yeah, so I said this ain't no good. <laughs> but I, st- I started doing comedy. I went to New York. I was a fashion model from Detroit. Right. You know, I used to work at Cat. Let me get. Let me start. I worked at Cadillacs, uh, plating bumpers. Okay. And I worked there about six months, and I had three minutes to put the bumpers in the machine, and you, you had three minutes to sit down and wait for the machine to take to, to plate the bumpers. You look at magazines. I look at magazine and I said, That looks better than that dude. He was standing next to a car with a girl. I said, I look better than that dude. Right. So the next day I went and called a modeling agency. They said, Oh, we are always looking for new people. I said, went there and got me a job that Friday. Oh wow. I said, I'm getting the hell out of this
1: factory.
2: <laughs> <laughs> then I moved to New York. Uh-huh. Thinking I can be a model in New York. All them do look ten times better than me. <laughs> One, two going this way and then, you know, they're taller than I am. I said, I'm get the hell out of here. Right. Yeah, but back went to, back to Detroit, got me a car, drove all the way to California.
1: Wow. By and myself. By yourself, all so, the way to California. Mm-hmm. With aspirations of doing what? Comedy? Comedy, th- TV, movies.
2: Because I was doing commercials in Detroit. See? Right. So I was going to do all that in California. That's what I, exactly what I did.
1: Okay. Who's so, the first person you remember meeting when you got there?
2: Um, When I went to, uh, went to the comedy store, probably Mooney. Okay. He was crazy. Brother, brother. Right. Come on, get this money, brother. We're going to make some money one day, brother. <laughs> this boy's crazy. But then I met Mitzi, who who ran the comedy store. Right. So she wanted me to be the uh, the MC of the second show I can do. She said, Come in with money and do your stand up come Friday and Saturday, Thursday, Friday and Saturday and do be the MC. David Letterman was the MC on the
1: first show, I MC the second show. Oh wow.
2: And we just started David in nineteen seventy
1: four. So David, you knew David Letterman way oh, back. Oh, way now.
2: back, yeah.
1: You guys are still good friends, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah
2: we, like, you know everybody text these days.
1: Yeah. Do right? y'all still call? I text. Oh, y'all text each other? Yeah.
2: Wow. I ain't know nothing about no text. Till my kid taught me. <laughs> I told my kid they don't pick up the phone. I said, right. pick up the phone man. Dad I don't pick up the no phone. We text. That's all you do, huh? How you text? <laughs> you text you <laughs> a phone and you didn't know how to text? I didn't know nothing about text. I called people. Come on, son, son. People are in shock when I tell everybody how much I made on the first Friday. How much? $5,000. Are you kidding me? $5,000. Why did you take it? Because I needed my rent paid. <laughs> and I, you know, we didn't know the movie was going to be a big deal. Right. I needed that rent paid. I took that $5,000. $5, $5,000. Second, 2nd second Friday, I made $400,000. Wow. Third Friday, I made over a million dollars. But you ain't getting that money. You got you got the government, agents, managers, mortgage, dog, bird, fish. <laughs> 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 well, they want to do a fourth Friday. They do. Warner Brothers want to do it, but they think they think we the same dude that took that five thousand dollars. Right. So trying to give us maybe six thousand. No, no, we ain't anybody. They
1: really want to do another Friday. Oh yeah, they want to do it. Is what right. is, is this would be this would this be the return of Chris Tucker?
2: Yeah, they well the well, uh, cube on everybody in the first Friday. Everybody up from the first Friday back. Back, yeah.
1: Okay, and it's Warner Brothers that's holding it up. Well, right you now. know,
2: New Line Cinema sold the company to Warner Brothers. Right. Warner Brothers own New Line Cinema now. Right. So Warner Brothers want to do it, but they don't want to put up that money. Oh, okay. A, the cash alone will be about sixty-five million. <laughs> cash alone. Yeah. Chris Tucker want about fifteen million. Really? He, he deserve it. Yeah. But you know, the first movie, the first Friday didn't cost but two, two, $2 million. Okay. And Q was going to use his own money, but New Line Cinema talked him out of it and said, look, we just use our money, we have a problem, You, uh, we take the hit. Right. The movie grossed $200 million.
1: Wow. Wow. $200 million. Wow, what a come up. Oh, man. That's They're not going to
2: come back and say, look, we made a lot of money, going to give y'all a bonus. That's bull.
1: Right. Mm-mm. When, did, when did, who approached you about doing the boondocks? How did you get involved?
2: Um... In um, and Magruder and uh, Reginald Huttland Okay, was the executive producer of the Boondocks. Mm-hmm. And I worked with Reggie all the time. Right. So Reggie says, boom, I got this cartoon. I want you to uh, be uh, the head of the cartoon, one of the stars of the cartoon. I said, I don't feel like doing no cartoon. <laughs> he said, well, come and try it, man. Just do the pilot. So I said, I'll do it. And it was so nice and fun. I've I been mean, there for five years. Wow. <laughs> And they get and they're gone now though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got uh, they canceled our show.
1: But that's still another iconic notch in yeah. your
2: belt. Come on,
1: side, side. I wanna tell the whole here. world. This is the <laughs> baddest man in the world. Later on, I want
3: y'all to do something with him. I gotta tell everybody. Oh, right. that's the time, man. They said they was gonna do Okay, yeah, that's right. Well, what well, if you wanna do something with him now? <laughs> well, well, tell well, the world about this guy. This is the Mr. Witherspoon is one, the much. funniest man in the world, Thank y'all. You. Come see the movie, because there's a lot of surprises. It's going to be on. Peace out. Get a job, kids.
2: That's my theme. Get a job, kids of America. Please get a damn job. Sounds like you're a father in real life. Oh, yes. Get out of the house. Leave the refrigerator alone. Stop wearing my shoes. Leave my shirts alone. Get a job. Spend your own money. What kids you got? How old are they? I have a kid that's six years old. I want him to get a job. I'm from a family of 11 kids, though. So my family, we had 11 kids in our family. This was, that's my father's theme. Get up in the morning. Hello, Dad. Get a job. <laughs> Leave the food alone. <laughs> Who's got my shoes? <laughs> Who took my car? <laughs> Where's my car key? Get a job. Took his car. America, you young kids, get a job. All oh, that sagging them clothes hanging on behind, that don't mean that ain't nothing. Get a job. You wanna be somebody? Get a job.
3: And where's my husband? Husband, the yes, middle. Hi
2: John. How are you? Good how are you tonight? Oh hey, how you doing? I not know
3: supposed to Well that's great.
2: We uh we need face. somebody in our face for the next two hours. <laughs> How you guys are doing? How's entertainment night doing? It's a fine show. Thank you. That oh, must mean you're watching. And we're happy to be on Oh yeah, all the time though, we do. Yes, all you. the time.
3: Da, na, na,
2: na, na. Show them your family pictures. <laughs>
3: look at our family oh, pictures here. Yes. Mr. and Mrs. Jones? Wait, now we look like We got Jones, a little high there. Weird. Okay, here. This is I am to take Hold on so I can get a good picture Yes, right? this is well, a family, a family, that mommy. a family that works together <laughs> and the women spend a lot of time dealing with their hair. And you yeah, see and they're nails. Craig plays Ice Cube in the movie. <laughs> oh, I and think he never Ice smiles. Cube plays Craig. <laughs> 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 yes.
2: Are these the pictures where they take pictures of you and then they frame them and they put them on the set? and? They're but in you're not back. supposed yeah.
3: to know that. Like no, we've been together for a long oh, time. yes. <laughs> well, our daughter is 21. What? <laughs> no, I'm not. She's 18. 18, yeah. sorry. These are Mr. and now? Mrs.
2: Jones' parents? Are they, good, are they good mommy and daddy? Would you want to spoil your mother and father? That's right.
3: <laughs> yes, I would. No, they're great. Good <laughs> yes. mommy and daddy. This is a family with a sense of humor. That's right. And I think that's why... Being as perfect as I am, stayed with this man for so many years, a right, man darling? Imperfect. A man who is imperfect. That's right.
2: I'm not that perfect. Well, I've only been here for like an hour, but every time that they have a line that comes from you and the director Gary's throwing the line, it's always Craig. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's <laughs> Craig.
3: It's playing so far. Craig is a problem. Oh, you're yeah. A tough guy. You're a tough Well, guy.
2: I'm a father who who wants his son to do better than to sit around the house and watch uh, TV and eat eat all the food. Yeah. I want my son to get out and get a job. Uh Uh-huh. To American kids, get a job, please. Yes, yes. Stop eating up all the food. Go get some work. Food costs money. That's right.
3: But, no, it really is interesting because what it is, uh, it tells the story of what happens inside the house compared to what happens outside. There's still the dangers there, but you realize that we have set perimeters and values and we have aspirations for our children. Now, hopefully, they will live up to that, and hopefully, nobody gets shot. And I think you see some of the um, some of the the drama, the reality of the outside world coming in to this family. This that's kind right. of self-contained family. Where's the
2: comedy stuff coming? in? I heard
3: it Oh, that's funny. It's funny. Yeah. it's funny. It's funny. Yeah. Well, this man, the <laughs> funniest part is that he is a dog catcher.
2: <laughs> yes, I act <actually laughs> a dog catcher. Really? And yes. I
3: love dogs. So, yes. I have about, what my collection of ceramic dogs, um, that includes one stuffed one, um, is about 150 now. Yes. And, and this I'm a man, dog catcher. And he dog, he's a dog catcher. So, he we have a dogs. conflict there. No, we have no conflict. You just don't touch my dog. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, that's all. Ain't no conflict. <laughs> yeah. Aesthetically.
2: You know, uh, you, do some ride, you know, guys that play cops, you know, do the ride-alongs with the cops. Have you did, done some ride-alongs with the SPCA, you
3: know? You <laughs> no.
1: <laughs>
2: I, 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 my thing is to catch dogs. I mean, the dog bit me a long time ago when I was pursuing my career as a boxer. A dog bit me and put me out of business. So I am pursuing all dogs. Keep your dogs inside. But that dog didn't
3: really put I you out of business. Will... Yeah, I That was an excuse. Okay. Well,
2: I wasn't yeah. that good of a boxer either. Right. Okay. Now let's tell the <laughs> truth.
3: Tell the <laughs> truth. <laughs> but- <laughs> You know, the interesting thing, that it's a nice community because we live on one block and we've been there like 20 years, so we know the, the kids, even the ones who are trying to be a bad influence on my children. Um, you know, thank God my kids turned out perfect. But anyway, um, there's a reference at the end of the piece where you know one of the neighbors saw him get knocked out in Pomona many years ago. Yeah, I,
2: I spent a, a lot of time on the
3: canvas. Yeah. Check out the
2: nails. Check out Marie's nails now. Those are cute. Well, I yeah. said
3: a lot of time has to be spent at hair dresses and at the nail shops. This is very important. And I pay for
2: all this. In order to keep a man, you
3: have to have nice nails, right, right, honey?
2: That's right, baby. And good. And hair. I'm every father. I'm not only black father. I'm a white father. Right. I'm a Chinese father. Right.
3: They all like I'm hair. I'm a
2: Mexican father. They like
3: hair.
2: I'm all fathers that want their sons out of the house and <laughs> stop eating up all the food. Get a job, please. <laughs> <laughs> Stop looking at T.V. Yes. You kids, turn the music
3: down. I <laughs> am <laughs> <a> of- <laughs> 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 the father
2: of all the children in the country. Eric, you all right? You get your <laughs> no, no, no <laughs> right. Going posters on the wall? They go head to Snoop Doggy Dogg. 16 <laughs> foot poster of Snoop Doggy dog What was it when you were a kid? Smokey Robert. Smoky Robert. Ooh, 28 Robert. 28. La, 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 la. What was your parents? What was your parents? My mother singing? was my father was a preacher, so I wouldn't I wouldn't sing at all while he was around. As so soon as he left the door, locked that door. So it's just a the thing. Next generation dad. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have eaten so many grapes. This is the 15th take. I used to love grapes. Loved them. Until tonight, and now, after this. That was a full bag when you started. Yeah, look at that. You don't have to eat them now. We're not rolling. Yeah, but if you get in okay, such gentlemen.
3: a
4: habit, you don't know. You be <laughs> well, you were uh, on one of my favorite TV shows, which is The Boondocks. Boondocks, yep. You play Granddad. Magruder.
2: Now, uh, Warren, I mean, Reginald Hutland who directed... Boom, he he directed the boondocks. He directed House Party. He called me for House Party. He told me, he said, man, you stand in that window and you say anything you want, and I keep the camera on you as long as you can holler at the kids. I keep it on, you want to do 40 minutes of that? You keep doing So I went in my dressing room and started writing stuff down, what I'm gonna say when I'm standing in the window talking to the kids on House Party. And uh, public enema, what's a public enema? I don't give, who give a public enema? <laughs> hey, shout about that damn noise. And then he also directed Boomerang. Mm-hmm. He also directed uh, a, a, a commercial I had for Tide. Because I called him to do that because he, he always gave me all these jobs. Mm-hmm. So when it came down to uh, Boondocks, he and Aaron Magruder were partners on that. So he called me and said, Spoon, you want to do a, 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 a cartoon? I said, I don't do no cartoon. What am I going to do? I don't I do don't, cartoon. Nah. He said, man, just do the pilot. So I went in. I, I, I kind of liked the script. It was funny because they were reaching out and doing other stuff that other cartoons that you know that we did that right. didn't do. Right, because it was political. It was political, yeah. yeah. And um, I like uh, I like uh, uh, Aaron Magruder, and I knew uh, Reggie, Reggie. So I did the first pilot. So I said, "Man, this was cool. I do. I do this. This is good." And it was easy working. You go right in over there on. Uh, whatever that street is, and you just sit up there and microphone and people in the booth and they tell you what to do. And yep. I said, and you, I, we, we were there for four or five years. Yeah, well, like we were talking before, I actually
4: was on an episode of the Yeah, Moon you Dots. said you were on an episode. Yep. Yeah, I got to go back and look yep, at that one. I played myself. <laughs> you know, they got to make a cartoon of me. Oh, that and amazing? that And that is actually one of my highlights in my yeah. career because I love that show so much. Yeah, that's what a great show. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. it wasn't like,
2: Oh, I was just on a, on a TV show. I was on my right. favorite show. Right, right. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. And then they get any, plus another thing about that show, they give you a chance. They let you ad lib. Say they'll shoot it. You shoot it the way it's written. Now, you shoot it the way you think it'd be funnier. Yeah. So that's what we would do. We would tape it and then tape it my way. And basically, Aaron Magruder and they were such great writers. Oh, my God. That was funny stuff. Well, yeah, man. And what's funny <laughs> is that some of the stuff on that show with
4: like like the man purse and like oh the Oh my God. The, doing the, it today. The, the feminine dressing, that's all <laughs> Today. With, with the young thugs
2: yeah, of the world.
4: Right. Like all that's happening today. It's it, happening today, they, boy. they called it all, man. Right.
2: It's, that's why they should go back and put it on, on Cartoon Network again. Just do it. start it from the first one and go all the way to the end. Yep. So I mean, I had it was easy then. Plus the people love that show. Some of the stuff I've done the people love so much. I said, boy. I don't know if I would have loved this if I was not doing this. If somebody else did it, these people love Friday. They love the Boondocks. Yep. They love Wayne Brothers. They love Marlon and Sean, and and they think this. How's your kids doing? (laughs) It's not my kids. Those are my friends, but they're not my kids. (laughs) Come on, son, side.
4: You you did a bunch of movies. Yep. But for me. It wasn't until Boomerang that I really started paying attention. Uh, Boomerang with Eddie Murphy.
2: With Eddie Murphy. With everybody. Halle Berry. Martin Lawrence. David Allen Greer. David Allen Greer, yeah. Right. Okay. they had shot this movie. They had shot this movie. They were done. Boomerang was done. Yeah. And you weren't in it. Eddie said, I want Spoon to play David Allen Greer's father. Right. Because Spoon is crazy. So he told Paramount that, and Paramount said, we don't want no spoon, what is this spoon? We're over budget already, we want to take the movie the way it is. Eddie said, and, and Warrington uh, Hutland was the director, uh, Reginald Hutland was, was, the, was the co-director, Reginald Hutland was the director. And so Warrington, they told Warrington, Paramount told Warrenton, if y'all do it, we are gonna squash this movie. And Eddie said, you don't, you don't work for uh, Paramount, you work for me. Spoon gonna do this part. And so they got me, they got me, and got, I'm in LA, they shot the move in New York.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So we went, uh, they got us to fly to New York, and my, the lady who played my wife, uh, uh, B.B. Massey Drake, they, says, uh, they said, when I got to the set, I, said, not the set, when I got to, to uh, New York, they said Spoon. They want you to be funny in this movie. I said, okay, where the script at? He said, ain't no script. You gonna be, you gonna do the script. <laughs> There's no what script. You mean I'm no a script. Wow. What you mean I'm a script? He said, go to the wardrobe department, and pick up something real, the stuff you wear all the time. The stuff you like to wear on TV on on the movies. And we want you to do this scene. And you you do everything what you wanna do. I said, I don't watch what you mean, I just flew in, I don't know what the hell's going on. So I went to the wardrobe department and got the mushroom jacket, mushroom jacket. I saw this thing, and I said, this is the funniest outfit I've ever seen in my life. I'm doing like this. You know, you're going through things. I saw the mushroom. I said, damn. Then I opened the thing, mushroom inside, the belt. It had some socks and stuff. But I didn't get the socks. Um, I said, i take this one right here. Fit me. Perfect fit. So Paramount was mad. Oh, my God. They they sabotaging the movie. They, they sabotaged this and Witherspoon this and then Eddie did this. So they had some people, executives from Paramount standing behind the camera. So, so Eddie, Eddie says, well, what do I do? He says, "Just said, just ask me, how do I pick my clothes? That's what you just do. Don't worry about it, I, I do the rest. So, you know, Eddie quick like this, he's quick. So we open the door, hey, how you doing? You know I'm trying to impress you. That's how I got into the scene. You know I'm trying to impress you. He said, yeah, well, you're always trying to impress me. He says, look at this outfit. I said, you know, that's how we got into it. Right. Said, mushroom, this mushroom, it was a funny thing. But, the, but the, the
4: catch line from that was bang bang, 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 bang. Bang,
2: bang, 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 bang. We used to do that in Detroit when I was a kid. You get a girl, go do the bang, bang, bang. We get a woman, boy, I got me a girl, gonna go do the bang, bang, bang. I put that in there and then tell nobody what I was gonna do. And they were laughing so hard. People at the table were laughing too hard. <laughs> they had to shoot, and when I did the first scene about you gotta coordinate, the people from Paramount fell on the floor. They said, "Welcome, up, welcome aboard, Mr. Weatherspoon. Thanks for coming." <laughs> right? And you said, uh, "Don't be."
4: So, that, that was the son
2: that, told me you pussy whip. Yeah, yeah. That's something I picked up right away. <laughs> when I, they said, A "Change the subject," that's when BB came in. She was perfect when she said that because we didn't know what she gonna say either. She said, uh, "Come on, baby, just change the subject." I said, "Okay, fine, fine." That's why I got into that. Now look towards Marcus. I said, "Marcus, I'm gonna need to get at the." That's the job got your pussy whip. That's where everybody. They laugh so fucking hard. <laughs> you say you can't be a pussy whip. I <laughs> you whip can't that p- pussy. Gotta Whip that pussy. Don't be pussy whip. Reverse it. Whip that pussy. Bang, 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 bang,
4: <laughs> bang. <laughs> right, because you always kind of play
2: the embarrassing father or the embarrassing uncle. Oh yeah, I love the... it. He do, the one you invite to the party, you don't want him to come, but you gotta invite him because you like his wife, and he drink up
1: all the alcohol and don't bring any. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, son, son. Man, I just want to say another rest in peace to Mr. John Witherspoon, ladies and gentlemen. He was a one of a kind, and we will forever be missing Mr. John Witherspoon. Remember when I tell you that there's not another John Witherspoon out there. John Witherspoon went from being young and funny all the way through being middle aged and funny all the way to being old and funny, staying in his lane carving out a nice lifestyle for himself and stayed on that road as a stand-up comedian too. So once again, rest in peace to Mr. John Witherspoon. Now, it's time for my weekly rage that I call, Come On, Son, is where I go to fuck off about people that got on my nerve. And this Come On, Son, I want to call this one Chicken, Beef, and Wayne. All right, Chicken, Beef, and Wayne. I'm going to tell you all right. First of all, Lil Wayne. Come on, son. Now, here's news floating around. I was looking on Botsam.com that Little Wayne is engaged again to a plus-size model named Letitia Thomas from Australia. She got a big rock on her hand, and she letting everybody know that she supposedly, allegedly engaged to Lil Wayne. Come on, son. Get the fuck out of here with this bullshit. What happened to his last fiance, Dea Sedano? What happened to her? Don't you know, girl, that Wayne gets engaged to every chick that he likes for about three, four months, gives him a big-ass diamond rings, and then dumps him for the next train coming into the station? Come on, son. You can't really believe that little Wayne is going to marry you. First of all, you like 5'8 and a half, five nine. 5'9. Wayne is 2'3". What the hell do you want with Wayne? He told you he ain't a human being. He's a Martian. Why do you want to uh, marry a Martian? Come on, son. Fuck out of here with that bullshit. Wayne is going to impregnate you. You're going to have a baby just like the rest of Wayne's women. And you're going to get a check every month. Wayne ain't marrying you, boo-boo. I hate to bust your bubble, bitch. But Wayne is not going to marry you. Ain't going to happen. Wayne is going to marry you like the McDonald's CEO was going to marry that side piece he had. Come on, Seth. Did y'all hear about this? This dude lost his job as the CEO of McDonald's for messing with some chick In the company, it's right there in your contract, dummy. You're not supposed to mess with the employees, bruh. For real. I mean, did you really need to give her the special sauce that bad that you couldn't wait, bro? Come on, son. You can't do that. If you're making that much money like he was making millions of dollars a year and they let him go for messing with what, the fry girl? Come on, son. You're not supposed to bonk the employees bro don't give it a milkshake no find somebody outside that don't work at McDonald's and leave these chicks alone bro you lost a multi-million dollar and here's the kicker he ain't get the golden parachute The Golden Parachute is there for every CEO, bro. Even nasty-ass Matt Law from the Today Show got his Golden Parachute when they fired him. You gets nothing booted from McDonald's. No more free McNuggets for you, bro. No more McRibs. No nothing. You are an idiot. Come on, son. You really going to blow your job for a piece of punani? You have got to be kidding me. And speaking of things that makes me go, what the fuck? Did y'all hear about the Buffalo Wild Wings that asked the kids to, and their family to leave because some white man said he don't want to sit next to black people? Come on, son. This is 2019, damn near 2020. We've been around long enough that you should be used to eating chicken sit next to black people. First of all, who eat more chicken than we do? This should be an honor and a privilege for you to even eat buffalo wild wings next to a black person because maybe we can show you how to eat chicken wings properly. You don't eat chicken wings with no knife and fork, all right son? I'm telling you that right now. You take your hands and you get down and dirty and greasy with the chicken wings. And y'all leave too much gristle on the bone anyway. So next time you sit next to a black person, ask them, how do I properly eat chicken? Come on, son. The fuck out of here with that bullshit. You don't do that. That was out in Naperville, which is a suburb of, of, of Chicago. It ain't eating Chicago, Chicago. Because if that would have happened in Chicago, son, he would have got punched right in his face, son. He got punched in the face. So now you got a lawsuit against Buffalo Wild Wings and the people that put up with this dumb crap got fired. You done lost your job at Buffalo Wild Wings. Where you going to go apply now? Burger King? They don't want you, son. Fuck out of here with that bullshit. Speaking of bullshit, did y'all hear people are stabbing people behind the Popeye's fried chicken sandwich? Is no chicken sandwich in the world that good that I'm going to stab somebody and go to jail over a damn chicken sandwich. You have got to be kidding me. And they released the Popeye's chicken sandwich on November third on a Sunday, the same day Chick-fil-A was closed. And you know none of the Chick-fil-A's are open on Sunday. Since so the day they re-release the Popeye's chicken sandwich, I saw it all over social media. Everybody going crazy. Two dudes get into it behind who is in line in front of who and one dude stab another dude to death over a Popeye's chicken sandwich. Do you know how many different chicken sandwiches are out there? Come on, son. Wendy's got a chicken sandwich. Chick-fil-A got a chicken sandwich. Burger King been having a chicken sandwich. McDonald's got a chicken sandwich. Checkers got a chicken sandwich. Riley's got a chicken sandwich. And if I'm not mistaken, KFC got a chicken sandwich. You don't need to stab anybody over a chicken sandwich with all them options. Now your dumbass is going to go to jail when you ain't going to get what? A chicken sandwich. Because they don't serve chicken sandwiches in jail, ass wipe. All right? Don't be stupid. Come on, son. Fuck out of here with that bullshit. I'm Ed Lover, and this is Come On, Son, and I approve this message. Now, y'all keep guard first. Everything else will fall into place. I'll talk at you, with you, to you, and about you next week. Big shout out to my girl, Krista, for putting this whole joint together. Y'all know how we do. I'm Ed Lover, and it's Come On, Son. Rest in peace, John Witherspoon. Peace, y'all. Come on, son, son. This Ed Lover podcast is being done in conjunction with Cigars International. Make sure you check out cigarsinternational.com for all your cigar needs.
3: This episode of Come On, Sun, the podcast, is produced and engineered by co executive producers Krista Hayes and Kimana Paulus in downtown Chicago. This is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast.